Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting with Sin City Steve. And today we welcome the progressive liberal Daniel Richards. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Um, you know, for anyone who's listening or watching who has no idea of what's going on with you in the past what six years or so <laughs> yeah I, well i guess yeah like five and a half it's, damn yeah it's hard to believe um just explain a little bit about we'll, we'll get into the whole progressive liberal side of you know the character and, and what's going on but just give a little background man of how you grew up what was your upraising like what was your family like was there any sort of political um tie-ins uh anything that you basically picked up from the family or uh was it a fairly conservative upbringing um well i mean so i think when you know i was born i'm 42 uh so like in the 80s and 90s i mean we're i i was brought up in a time where we didn't talk about politics uh, as right. far as like uh, and there wasn't social media which can could you know increase exponentially those kinds of conversations and that kind of discourse so that was uh diff i mean when i was a kid when i was a teenager AOL, AOL was a dial-up Right. So, yeah. and you had to pay for it. Uh, it wasn't unlimited. Uh, so, I mean, fast forward to today, I mean, it's totally different. So, no, there wasn't like a big political influence in my life that led to the birth of the progressive liberal. I, I just remember really starting to pay attention more in like in my early 30s and like in 2011. And I just realized like, uh man these republican guys are they're really digging in on being assholes and like uh i i didn't see that coming from uh the left side and and it's gotten speaking of exponentially worse that's gotten worse and worse and worse and we have the uh mccarthy's and the marjorie taylor greens and the lauren boberts and steve bannon's and all the wonderful characters that trump world's brought us now uh so it's definitely changed what do you think yeah what do you think um when you look at when you started training in wrestling and you were you know doing your early matches early character what was it then that you found attractive about pro wrestling and at that time where did you see yourself going as a character, um, where did you see yourself going in your career? Uh, and we'll, again, we'll get a little bit into where you are now, but I'm just interested on, you know, that those original years before you, you know, got notoriety for the character you're doing now. Right. Um, well, I just tell it the thing I've told people, uh, continually is I was just, I, when I was a kid, like a lot of kids, I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I was just one of the, uh, you know, small number of kids that didn't let that go. Like when I graduated college, I was going to train to wrestle. And I did that because that's what I had in my head and I just stuck with it. Um, but as far as 
oh, what my vision was uh, for a character and all that. Like I, I, I didn't really, when I came into the business, like I just knew it wasn't, wasn't going to be easy. Right. Because it's not easy on your body. I knew traveling wouldn't be easy, but I knew I was more than willing to, to do that stuff. Um, when I first started, like my trainer tried to run, me, he did this to everybody. So it's not like it was just something about me, but he tried to run me off. Like he had me take 250 bumps. Um, the, yep. the first day, I mean, to see if I would stay with it. And I did. Um, so, but I had no vision for like, a character or who I was going to be. I just wanted to be in the ring and wrestle in front of people. And that's, that's all I knew. Um, or, or, and I, I mean, even for the first several years of, of doing it, I just, I was Daniel Richards and, uh, you know, with some kind of moniker in front of big Dan Richards, uh, dynamite Dan Richards, things like that. Just nothing that, that really stuck. And, um, I, came up with this idea several years before I did it. And one day I was able to execute it in front of, in a real small show. And I saw the reaction it got, and this was without a Hillary shirt or a, you know, Biden shirt is aware. Now it was just, you know, being anti-Trump in the red States, uh, really ticked people off. Completely. And, yeah. uh, now Daniel, I've said numerous times on our podcast, on the show, that one of the big reasons that I love pro wrestling is because it allows me to shut off the outside world, allows for, for some escapism, and to suspend my disbelief. Um, personally, I don't mind if there's you know one gimmick uh, that tends to blur that line per show, and it's confined to usually one segment. What would you say to those people that might criticize the gimmick for that reason, um, for, I don't, I don't know, raining on the parade of suspending their disbelief. Well, I, I don't think there's any problem. Um, no one has to suspend their disbelief with me because I'm not like, I'm not like a, a conservative. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to play this liberal character and that's going to get them going. Like it's me. I just know. Am I like when I'm walking down the street, um, here in, in Richmond in central Virginia, Am I like going around and like hurling insults at people or, you know, talking shit regarding politics? No, I'm, I'm not. But this, you know, this platform in front of the people that I'm often wrestling in front of, I'm able to let that out because I have some really ignorant things said to me by people in the crowd. Um, so I'm able to, uh, use that as a, a way to uh, exercise those demons and, and get out the frustrations that me and, you know, the half the country or more feel, uh, you know, with these, these mouth breathing morons who just like are captivated by the magic R in front of, of these people's names. And cause they think it stands for, uh, you know, pro-life and guns and they just go all in. Definitely. Now, uh, uh, one other kind of thing that really kind of I have to bring up, you know, tribalism and an us versus them mentality is so prevalent in today's society, especially in the United States. Um, 
outside of the wrestling ring, uh, factoring in wrestling, it's just one, you know, one grade higher than that. Um, personally, I think that seeing your peers and neighbors as being evil or whatnot, isn't a path that we want to go down. Um, is obviously though, it's good for the gimmick to, to prey on those things like what you had just mentioned. Um, but do you, you know, does, do you individually ever see us settling differences, patching things up, or have we reached a point of no return? Uh, hold on a second. My, of course, my earpiece has died. Ah. Um. Okay. Uh, talk, talk just a little bit longer. All right. Guess not. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now we can't. Okay. Okay, good. All right. So here we go. I mean, I'm going into a situation where I'm having like I walk out and I'm having stuff said to me. Right. So I'm I'm reacting to it just as anyone would as if they were walking down the street and you had someone I don't know, if you're you're in Vegas, so if you're a Raiders fan and <laughs> you walk you walk into somewhere and there's a bunch of LA Rams fans uh, and they were saying a bunch of stuff about your team, you would probably respond in, in kind. And that's really all I'm doing. Um, do I, as far as like on a macro level, no, I think that ship has sailed. Like yeah. we are just eternally fucked um, with how we, <laughs> We're, we're just, there's so many things that where you can just create your own bubble. Um, the algorithms and social media, they'll, they see you like something. So they'll, you'll start seeing more of it on your feed. So I, I don't, I, I like, I w I'd love to be like really optimistic and be like, yeah, yeah, no, I think um, one day we'll have this uh, intellectual awakening and, 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 people realize this and that and we have a lot more in common than we we uh have differences but i man I, i'm sorry it's like i th i think that ship has sailed i i'd love i'd love there to be in a uh, I, i'd love that to be not the case but no gotcha. uh, you know along those lines <clears throat> is there has there ever been a situation where um someone has seen you wrestle and then run into you in public? Oh, well, sure. So is there animosity? Do they, do they get that? It's, you know, it's just a, it's an exaggerated character, even though it's your beliefs, but you're, you know, how is that? Because I, I would be freaked out running into someone who thinks I'm a, a jackass because of what I believe. And now here we are with nothing between us. Yeah. Well, can you guys still hear me by the way? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So on that, I've, um, I mean, tell the P I think it depends where you go, of course. So like, I had a layoff from the combination of, of COVID and then I had my right knee replaced and my neck was jacked up. So that kept me out. Um, but I, I, I wrestled in Bradshaw, West Virginia, 
we had at a town festival, I had rocks being thrown at me. I, that's where the switchblade was pulled on me. That's where I had the lady try to light my trunks on fire while they are still on my person. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think the, um, it, the more, the smaller the town, um, the more isolated the town is, the, the less they have engagement with the world and see more people that don't look just like they do. So the less aware they are of it and conscious of uh, how uh, things, our leadership can affect people's lives. Um, they're different than them. Um, so like it, I, I had it, a guy, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish the story. Well, I had one fa Yeah, I just had a funny interaction with a fan this past weekend. It, you know, it was at the show. It wasn't outside of it. But, um, you know, where he's telling me I was me and my kind were responsible for all the problems in the world. And I asked, I said, what would you know about the world? You're in a town of 330 people. Jeez. I said, I said, Biden's, I said, Biden's holding you back. Why don't you pick yourself up by the bootstraps and, and, you know, just throwing the, the stupid Republican cliches back at him uh, regarding that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, along those, along those lines, you obviously could potentially be in danger. Like you, you just said, when you're getting booked, do the promoters, you know, take in consideration how much, you know, actual heat there could be? Do, has anyone ever brought up the idea of having any kind of safety or protection for you when you come into a territory that might be hostile? Um, I wish there was more at the places I'm regularly working at now. I had one place almost cancel me because of the um the the promoter stood up and pushed it through but like they were afraid of riots um i had i had a someone talk to a promotion in chicago about me and they didn't want to touch the politics part and i i get some of that um so i i think that's why you'll you'll never see you know, regardless of what you think of me in the ring, like you'll never see, see the progressive liberal on, uh, you know, featured on, on television, uh, any of the, the big two or, you know, any, any promotion with television because, because of, you know, they're owned by a media conglomerate that doesn't right. want to touch the stuff or, you know, or the network they're on, or they're a publicly traded company, or maybe the, people that are you know the higher ups they they may have a different view altogether on on my politics definitely and now you mentioned news outlets uh obviously over the years you've made uh, quite the news loop uh being profiled on cnn vice appearing with tucker carlson on fox news um, right if you would just kind of expand for us on your experiences with those people those agencies in the news and media fields uh, do you have any any kind of interesting stories from uh, those those times? Oh yeah, gosh. Um, well, first of all, I think you know we hear, hear the term like going viral, 
So we, we've heard that. I wouldn't say my CNN appearance went viral. Like, I don't know how many views it went up to on YouTube and how many people saw it. But, like, definitely in 2017, I got – I think people are less, like, tired of politics then than they are now. And Trump was a less tiresome topic then. So it was all – it all hit at the right time. So we hear the term going viral, like – to hear it and kind of understand what that means is one thing to experience it is another. So, I mean, my phone, whether it was, you know, messages on my social media, text messages from producers of all walks, um, you know, all the, all the media outlets, outreach, all, all the articles that got kind of regurgitated through all the different publications. Like it, it was just insane and just nonstop. And, and for a while, you know, for weeks and, and then like, and then there was just continued to be this trickle throughout the whole time. But I, I mean, it's, that, that was incredible in and of itself. Um, as far as cool stories, I mean, I, I just like having a car sent to my house uh, by Tucker Carlson's people to to take me, you know, for the taping and all, all that stuff. Like just, you know, in, sitting down with Jim Axelrod or, or you know, just or, or being featured on CBS News or on Vice News, being on The yeah. Daily Show, or like uh, – continuing to have uh, conversations with Ronnie Chang occasionally, like all, all that stuff's really cool. Like, uh, so I always wanted to be on national television as a pro wrestler, just to have it happen this way was uh, really just a, an amazing experience. And just, and then to have another little bump from CNN again was really, really cool. And I mean, and everyone was so great to work with and, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for every opportunity, whether, you know, this podcast or, or, you know, interviewing with Rolling Stone or whatever it is. It's just like I just never fathomed this kind of stuff happening in my life. I'm glad I I created something that that would attract that kind of attention. So grateful for that. Let me let me first say thank you for uh, putting us in the same light as Rolling Stone. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Matt, that Matt Taibbi who interviewed me is like creating this whole another uh, uh, a yeah. lot of uh, commotion yeah. right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, it's crazy. So you know, that's the like you said, you got onto national TV, you've got the exposure. Let me ask you this though. As a wrestler, does it ever kind of chip at you just a little bit that you get more acknowledged for the character work instead of the in-ring work? And we just went black with you. Are you still there? Uh, of course. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Hello. Yes. Can you hear okay, us? Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. I had a call okay. that came in and silencing it, like paused everything. No uh, you're asking about your, sorry, ask you the question again. So, so you're, you know, your character gets all this exposure, 
But as a wrestler, does it ever kind of chip at you the fact that your in-ring work is is great? You're you're a good worker that you get more, you know, acknowledgement for the profile of the character as opposed to being someone that people do want to work with in the ring. No, no, it it doesn't. Um, I I mean, I I want to be like, thank you for saying that. Cause like, I think since I've come back, I mean, I've been back for just a few months now, but wrestling so much more mental than people realize. And I, I feel like that time away helped me. Cause I think my work has been like, I have a match that I had, like it was God, I think like my third or fourth match back with a cowpoke Paul on a on victory championship wrestling. It's on YouTube. Um, but check that out. Like I've, I've lost like 15 pounds since then, thankfully. Uh, but <laughs> like, but the work was, so I looked like shit, but the work was good. Right. Um, and, and just like, yeah, I like, I mean, I, I like getting credit for that, but as far as does it bother me? No, it, it doesn't. Um, I'm, I think that's not uncommon in pro wrestling. Like we still have people chanting what 20 <laughs> years later, you know, and to the point where we probably forget that Steve Austin, who, uh, I, I think was a pretty good hand back in his day. Uh, he made popular. Uh, right. you know, it, it's, so I, I, I don't make heads or tails of, of that. It's just a, it's an entertainment business at the end of the day. So, it, well, let me ask you along those lines, then when you're in a match and obviously because the character has so much a natural heat in those areas where you get heat. And then of course, you know, there's areas where you wrestle where it's a fairly liberal area and now you're not getting the heat. You know, you're, you're definitely getting the, the shine. The question is when you're in the ring in those situations, does the storytelling become easier when you're picking up on the vibes of how nasty or how accepting the crowd is getting? Does the storytelling become easier yeah, meaning that, you know, when you're feeding off that crowd, if there is natural heat, sometimes it's easier to slow the process down and work the crowd a little bit more than you might have planned going out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much does it come into play once you're actually in front of the crowd? Does it change the matches up any? Well, I mean, so... I typically work uh, a little differently where I, I like more of it to be called in the ring. Right. Um, for that specific reason. So sure. you can, it, it's the old analogy I was given when I started was say you, say you have a breakfast shop and say you, um, instead of making your food made to order, you make a, you, you cook 50 sausages and the, the people come in when you open up and everyone wants bacon. What are you going to do with your sausage? Um, so I, I live by that. I, so one of my, one of my favorite matches, I, I'll, I'll, this is kind of like an example played out. Sure. I wrestled in Concord, Virginia. So it's like Southwest part of the state, about two hours West of Richmond. It was an, 
Like, I don't usually get to wrestle that close to home, so that was great. But it was at a metal festival. So we're in the southwest part of the state, which is a red area, but we're in we're at a metal festival, which can tend to draw a more liberal crowd. So I was wrestling with Stan Lee, and this was part of um, uh, this was in common collaboration with House of Hardcore as well. So Tommy Dreamer's promotion. So it's like co-promoted by a local guy and, and, and then Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. So Stan and I went to the ring and we, I went out first and we just, we didn't have a finish or anything. We just, we said, okay, who, whoever the crowd gets with as a baby face, that's who's going to go over. So we didn't call a single spot. We didn't call, we didn't have a finish other than baby face would go over. We did the whole thing out there and ran with the people and people were into it and engaged the whole time, which is what you want. Right. Right. So I love stuff. I I love stuff like that because we're all speaking pro wrestling. Like we're all speaking the same language. So it should be something we're all able to do. And if you can feel out the people, that's that much better. Um, doesn't, doesn't mean I'm against spots or anything like that. I don't want anyone thinking that it's just like, uh, but I love the, the organicness of that as well. Right. Most definitely. Now, just to kind of reverse a little bit, uh, you had mentioned Matt Taibbi. Um, obviously you had, you had mentioned that he, his name kind of got unearthed a little bit, uh, a little bit recently. And, uh, this tying in with Elon Musk acquiring Twitter. Um, what is your viewpoint on that entire situation uh, with Musk acquiring Twitter and with, you know, all these leaks and whatever being, you know, broadcast to the world now? Oh, looks like Daniel got another call. <laughs> He'll be back in, in one second. Uh Okay. Sorry about that, guys. No worries. And high demand over here. Um, Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So I will say this. So, like, I got off of Twitter for a while, like, because, like, sometimes I I just think politics is nauseating. And speaking of nauseating, um, or it can be, right? Like, if you, anything else, if you expose yourself to too much of it. And that's what a lot of Twitter can be. But I just, the whole Elon Musk is really bizarre to me because he's just got, you know, he's this multi-billionaire, but he, he's like troll. He's like getting online and trolling people like a, a child. And Grant, I troll people on a smaller scale. I, I just, I, I don't get, get it with that guy. Um, he clearly leans right. Um, so it's like, I, I guess he's, I, I just don't understand. As far as the Twitter files and all that, I don't have time to read a 35 part tweet. I don't give a fuck, like, pardon my French, but I mean, I just don't, I'm just not that interested. Yeah. And someone's going to eventually tell me the gist of it anyway, so I'll find out. Right. So, yeah, I, I just, I couldn't care, care less. And I don't know. So, 
Right. You know, along those lines, I, and I, I think that's fascinating, that perspective of Elon Musk. Uh, and then, of course, you know, someone like Trump, uh, as well as, you know, some of the, you know, people who are out there like Marjorie Taylor Greene. How much do you think, knowing the psychology of wrestling, knowing what a character can do to people's emotions, how much do you think that these high-profile people are actually playing a high-stakes game of playing characters instead of being honest to what they actually feel or have opinion-wise? Well, I thought Trump was, like, the best at it. Like, and I, I in fact, when I was interviewed by Taibi, I, I, we, we dove into that. So he knows what his, uh, his base wants to hear. So like, he's a, he, he knows what he needs to say to baby face himself to those people. But then like, you know, he follows that playbook of uh, trying to own libs. So he knows what to say to troll them and get the, you know, get his heat from those people. So he was really good at it. Um, I now, unfortunately, like, well, not unfortunately, I just wish he'd go away altogether, but now he's just like the same tired act over and over and over right. again. Uh, so, so that's, um, even his own base is getting kind of tired of, of him now. Um, diminishing it's, returns. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to me. These people that get into office and then they just like, they're not even like I respect the reason I respect like in a Katie Porter or an AOC is because they they got elected into office. So they're on, they're on these different committees and like they will go to committee meetings and prepared to talk about whatever the meeting entails. Like they they take notes or they have their staff take notes and they come prepared and they're trying to get legislation passed. Uh, Margie Taylor Green, all these people, they're just like, they just want to talk shit, <laughs> like, and get nothing done. Um, or, but they'll make these proclamations like, we're going to launch all these investigations when the new Congress comes in, or we're going to impeach Joe Biden, or whatever. And they just say these things. They don't really do anything. Exactly. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, but there, but there's still, but there's the problem. The deeper rooted problem is there's still people that are perfectly willing to vote for them because of guns or, or whatever they're they're clinging on to. Well, you know, um, we we have uh, you know views uh, between us, the Vegas Bad Boys that are liberal and conservative. Um, there's, there's a good mix. Um, what do you think the problem is that you see from, you know, the stuff that people shout at you, the stuff you hear, what do you think the problem is in terms of not being able to, is it, is it just the fact that a lot of people are just closed off in those bubbles that, it's hard for them to remember that we're still people. We can still relate on, you know, you want to see smile and you like the film or hated the film. You know, you could talk about that. Right. But when it becomes our team versus your team, it feels like everything is just super hypersensitive 
how do you break down that wall? And is that something that you're also trying to do kind of in a sense, you know, to show that, Hey, <laughs> I can go out there. I can have a match. I can have my beliefs. I can get some heat. I can make you believe this or make you believe that. But in the long run, what I'm really doing is just purely entertaining you. Yeah. Well, um, few things. One, uh, I think one thing people like, you know, when I get booked by other promotions outside the normal few that I, like I, I'm regularly working with, they, they just cling, they get so, um, they latch on so much about what my, the name and that it's just a, a political gimmick. Right. And we just we just use broad talking points when when we're doing this. We use a little element of whatever's in the news. Like I commended in my interview before my match Saturday, I commended Joe Biden for bringing home Brittany Griner. <laughs> you know, because I know those people are latching on to the broad brush stroke talking points the Republicans are using, which is, hey, why don't you bring this uh, soldier home? They're not going to get into the nuance that Russia said it's grinder or nothing, right. you know, and they're not going to, they don't care either because he has, has a magic R in front of his name that Trump had two or three years to do, to bring him out and didn't. That's that's one other thing it. that a lot of people forget about too. Yeah, didn't talk about it, and and I mean, who was closer to Putin than Trump? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you think he would have an end there to 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 get that done? Didn't do it. Um, but I mean, imagine if that if uh, Whelan was captured during uh, Biden's tenure, man. But Biden would take the heat for that from those people. So yeah, so we're just using these broad talking points, but. Really, it's like me talking about these people's way of life because we're in the South. These people are really threatened by outsiders, people who don't sound like them, talk like them, look like them, or think like them. And so whether it's me uh, boasting that Biden's going to shut down the mines in the second term, the coal mines in the second term, or, hey, when I beat my opponent, you're not going to want to. Uh, I'm not going to have to take your guns. I think you're going to just want to hand them over to me. Little things like that. Just, uh, uh, that That's really what it is. Definitely. All right. So, so along those lines, <laughs> you know, wrestling, again, it's entertainment. Has it ever crossed your mind of the eventual flip where the progressive liberal now becomes a you know a rope like a, a diehard right-wing you know conservative uh person i mean how do you how does that line up for you because it, it would be breaking against what we know about you and who you are but at the same time it is playing a character and would the people buy into a, a flip like they would for you know the rock when he, you know, what baby face from the heel. I, I mean, how does that, how does that work with this type of character? 
Well, I, I appreciate the comparison to The Rock, first of all. I'm going to tell everyone you compared me to The Rock. Absolutely. I wish I had his bank account. Um, <laughs> so, but he's worked amazingly hard for everything he has, too. Oh, yeah. so let's not forget that. Um, it, the Rock was so good at, at what he did that people just ended up liking him, which is, the, you know, something that I think really started well, I don't think that didn't just start in the 90s, but we the late 90s, but we started to recognize it more as, you know, the cool heel that then we we, we cheer for. Um, I think you could turn me babyface without uh, insulting the people's intelligence. And, you know, I'm not one day going to be like, you know what? I'm starting to really get with this... Um, you know, Ron DeSantis or, or Trump or whoever, it, it's not, it wouldn't go down like that. You, you but you can, right. you, I think, could you turn me, like turn me in front of those people? Yeah. It just wouldn't be on the political side of it. You know, sure. it'd be, you could do something where it's like, you know, again, I'm selling their ways of life, but like, I, I, I don't want to try to book a scenario right here but where it's like hey you know like i've i've had my differences with these people in the past but right so without and then the politics could fade out like that that's right. totally doable it, it would it would take a it would be a process but it, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's doable well along those lines too is there any territories you go into or even you know, some of your home bases that there are heels that have even more heat than you? Mm, not, not yet. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> That's impressive, man. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, but there's places I've gone where I've been a baby face too. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I have the perspective too like of my wrestling forefathers i mean what i'm experiencing now like people are talk referring to as old school heat and i mean it very much is oh yeah um but like i mean in the territory days guys were facing that like you know cornet if you ever listen to cornet's podcast he talks about how he i mean they really had to have their head on a swivel every yeah. night when they they go into these towns because they they didn't want to see the midnight hurt the rock and roll express because the baby right. face was so over and they you know and they but the baby face got over because the heels knew how to get them over so uh, that was like so what i'm experiencing like here now is just something that they were experiencing all the time because of how well business was done back then um so sure. I, I have that perspective too like not that i'm wishing for this to happen but i mean guys would get shot at and like i don't i don't want to get shot at um, right you know Jesus. but yeah most definitely now um i i when i saw the stuff with your character um, and the things that you were doing, uh, first off, I, I realized that, you know, there are some philosophical differences, um, but I, without a doubt, respect you, respect what you're doing and respect what you've done in the ring. Uh, 
Uh, it's it's phenomenal, and quite honestly, it's been genius level, the stuff that you've been able to do and the reactions that you've been able to elicit from the audience. So great stuff there. Um, my my kind of parallel question, um, Sam Adonis ran a pro-Trump gimmick back in Mexico a few years back. Um, he's spoken about the irreversible damage that that gimmick specifically did to his career as a result. Are you thinking of the future uh, as far as what the ripple effect could be of your current gimmick? No. <laughs> Short answer, no. Okay. Yeah, if Sam is an incredible talent. I mean, he's so he's so good. Yeah. Um, but it's like it, it's kind of like what I'm not comparing these two directly, but the the situation like Jaleel White is forever known as Steve Urkel, like you know, especially coming off that run as Urkel, like he, he couldn't get a job. It seemed like anyways, or he's spoken about it because everyone it's Urkel. And yeah. Right. I think, I think Sam, I'm surprised Sam is still dealing with that though. Cause he's, yeah. he's just, he's really good. Um, and, and could totally be on one, working with one of the two major promotions. I, yeah. I hate that him and I missed, in my opinion, missed our window yeah. to, to do something. It would have been in the summer of 2017 without a doubt. We, that would have been awesome to see. <laughs> we, yeah, we like we could and not everywhere, like yeah. but in certain places, like we could have really drawn some atten drawn some further media attention, definitely like drawn a house. Um, not again, not everywhere, but in certain places for sure. Oh yeah. Is there someone that you, you know, would like to face that you haven't faced that, um, you know, if you were given the opportunity um, on one of the, you know, independent uh, shows uh, that you, you know, would would love to see a matchup with um, based on either characters or based on in-ring uh, style? I mean... Are you talking about someone who's like was on TV is not on TV now, and but working the independence or yeah, anyone who comes to mind? Oh man, no, I would. I you, you should have gotten that. I wish you'd sent me that question earlier so I could have had time to think about <laughs> it. I mean, I just I love working with the like anyone who's you know been a name because they usually offer like so much experience um you know and like my work with uh hurricane helms or gene snitsky or but then i've got to work with like the barbarian bill Eady, like when I, earlier in my career and tracy smothers uh rest in peace yeah yeah Guys like that, I mean, you can't you can't beat that with a stick. To like, this is a business where you can meet and work with your your heroes can become your peers, and um, like I, I just try to soak everything in. So, like, is there one name that comes to mind? No, like I want to work with everybody. Sure, that's awesome. Um, we we talked a lot about that tribalism that you know us versus them mentality when it comes to pro wrestling and you've got two companies what is it that can bring together fans 
of the WWE and of AEW because there seems to be that, you know, just that base core fanship of AEW fans that just will not accept anything of the WWE and vice versa. Um, is, is there something that, you know, fans can do in this industry to bridge that gap so it's not an us versus them, which it often feels like, especially with the websites out there who love to, you know, put all these different ideas, rumors, stories out there and flaunt the numbers as well. So is there a way that everyone can get on the same page to, you know, hopefully give success to both companies and realize that it's not a, it's not a Monday night war. It's about people having jobs and continuing to give you entertainment. Uh, well, a couple of things on that. Um, one, I think it's each promotion's job to get people emotionally invested in, in their products. So they tune in each week, right? That that's on, on them. As far as like, why there's a wall i i don't know why there's a wall between like like i am all aew and i won't watch wwe or i love wwe i hate aew like i think the thing that unifies wrestling fans is is pro wrestling done right good pro wrestling with good storytelling so like the dustin cody match um from one yeah. aew's earlier pay-per-views I think no matter what promotion you prefer, that is a great pro wrestling match yeah. or take, take any of the matches Roman Reigns is having right now. They're amazing storytelling matches. Like yeah. look at the match he had with Logan Paul. Yeah. Who was his third match in front of people. I mean, it's incredible. And so how can you, I think that, unifies wrestling fans is is good pro wrestling because when you're i mean it can when you're you can get emotionally invested and lost in the story of a match like that that's good uh that the war games match uh wwe just had i mean that was great great yeah. storytelling oh yeah and like i found myself being really engaged in what they had going on there. So I think that's really, really good. Without a doubt. And, you know, I, I think that you, you really hit home on something key that quality in professional wrestling is what will bring those two, those two fan bases together. Um, so great stuff there. And just saying the quiet part out loud, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, um, I think too, if I can just, yeah interject i think like i think what happens with with fans who prefer one promotion or the other is they'll see something they don't like on the other promotions television and they'll just latch onto that harp on that without when there's like good in usually every program to appreciate um but they want to get their point across and and we always want to feel right as people. So regardless of what the subject is, we don't want to be shown we're wrong or felt feel we're wrong. So we'll just use things to justify our, whatever our argument is at the time. Without a doubt. Um, so 
obviously we've talked about a litany of things uh, all over the spectrum in our time together so far. Um, what is something that someone watching or listening would be surprised to know about you? Um, it, well, I don't know how surprised, like if you've never heard of me, like that's totally fine and understandable. And that's <laughs> like, who am I? Um, so I, I am, uh, um, so when I'm not wrestling and having, you know, switchblades pulled on me and rocks around me or just being booed and uh, verbally excoriated, I'm, I am a real estate agent. So like, oh. Very cool. And I do quite well with that. So like in politics definitely is put on the shelf for that because I don't want to alienate right. 50% of my potential uh, customers there or clients. <laughs> so yeah, that, um, I don't know if that's surprising or not. I guess it depends on and if, what you read, if you've read anything about me at all. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Really quick along those lines, has there ever been a you know a customer that you're working with who all of a sudden found out that you're a pro wrestler? Like how does how does that play on them when they find out? Oh shit, my realtor is a pro wrestler too. I've had I've had people like, especially the first time around when I'd be on the phone with them, they're like, "Wait, are you the progressive liberal?" <laughs> like I had that with a telemarketer once, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, so pe people, um, people will like, uh, you know, when they're they're thinking about a service provider, or they've talked to somebody, they, they Google you now, and it's just when you Google me, my name, a lot of things come up that don't have anything to do with real estate, or, or real estate certainly in the primary uh, subject. So yeah, I've had I've had some people get surprised, or they. And then they do some research and I'll pull up, they'll YouTube me and, and pull up some things. So yeah, I've had some funny discussions uh, with, with people about that. And, and thankfully I've never had someone quit working with me or decide not to, at least to my knowledge over that, you know, they'll yeah. appreciate, uh, appreciate what it is and yeah. think that's pretty cool. So definitely. yeah. Um, as we get to, you know, get to wrapping here, um, outside of wrestling, is there anything that right now is catching your eye in the entertainment field that you're enjoying and maybe helps you unwind or, or takes your mind off of, uh, you know, things that are going on in the real world and, and is a distraction for you? Mm, I'm, I'm really invested in my real estate business. So that takes up a lot of my time. I like like I love using the road to uh, listen to audiobooks and, and invest in myself. So I'm not just like in the car listening to the same songs I always listen to. <laughs> so, right. But um, I mean, I think we're, we're in this really, we're fortunate to have all these apps like, uh, you know, Netflix or Hulu or whatever, where we can stream stuff. So like, I'm still catching up on Yellowstone uh, during the pandemic, I, you know, got caught up on the three seasons of The Handmaid's Tale. And then I think the greatest show ever on television was um, Homeland, mm -hmm. uh, which was on Showtime, but you can get on Hulu. I 
all eight seasons I thought were absolutely amazing. I think it's so cool that Claire Danes taped a whole season in my home city. That was season seven. Sure. That's cool. Claire Danes is listening to this. Please call me. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make sure she gets the, the note. Have her people call my people or just call me directly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, um, and uh, finally, as we, uh, you know, as we get ready to say goodbye, uh, what are your social media handles? Where can people find you? And can they get any merchandise from you? Yeah, so I have a, a to answer the last question first. I have a t-shirt shop on uh, whatamaneuver.net. Just search progressive liberal. Um, I, so I have some t-shirts there um, that they can make uh, in any size or any type of shirt you want. They offer amazing uh, service there. Um, social media, Facebook, uh, just progressive liberal daniel richards you'll find me and then um my twitter handle is at uh progress lib 804 uh you can find me there awesome yeah that's perfect and anyone who uh you know isn't familiar with you i i encourage people to uh check out uh daniel's social media uh youtube you know you'll see different matches uh on there and like i said the the key here is not only are you creating something with the character that people react viscerally to but the in work ring is solid and i think that that again gets kind of lost and wrestling fans who like good wrestling um should check out your matches because you do know how to tell a story and you do know how to work. And I think those are two things that a lot of times, you know, if you look at the independence or if you look at things that get attention, a lot of times that's not the case. It's just whatever, you know, is getting the light shined on it at the time. You just happen to get the light shined on you and you deliver in what you do as a professional. And I think that that's a key that people just cannot forget. And I, I want people, I urge you to check out uh, Daniel's work. Oh, well, thank you very much for saying no question. Appreciate that. Absolutely. And thank you all for tuning in. And uh, until next time, everyone, take care. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.